I don't really have to nacho her. And let me, before I, before I explain this to you, let me just thank you and your husband for being so vulnerable and putting yourselves out there and your family life and everything, because I think you are helping more people than you will ever know. And I just stumbled upon nacho last fall and it has been honestly a lifesaver and a marriage saver. It's been awesome. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. David, guess what this weekend is? Like literally or when this comes out? When this comes out. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Our anniversary. No. <laughs> Stepmother's Day. Really? On Sunday. It's a week after Mother's Day. Okay. Congratulations, all you stepmoms. Yeah. All you stepdome moms. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to change the name to. Stepdome moms. <laughs> stepdome nacho mamas. Yeah. There was something that you said we were going to talk about on the next intro and outro. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I think we'd have to give a disclaimer. Like, um, probably don't want kids to listen to that. Okay, disclaimer, go ahead. All right. Well, let's let's banter for like five seconds, give people time to run to the radio and turn it off or whatever you're listening to. <laughs> turn this crap off if you got kids listening. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Here we go. I don't even remember what it was. All right. So I'm on Facebook the other day. And of course, Facebook feeds you ads, you know, based on their algorithm. And so I see this ad that pops up and I'm on my phone, death scrolling as I call it. I see this Why ad. Why do you pop- call it death scrolling? It's like when you just sit there and scroll to death. You know, you just don't stop. You're just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Anyway, I see this ad come up. No, it doesn't like pop up. It's one of the sponsored ads as you're scrolling uh, beside all these other things. So, you know, on the left side is like an ad for Jeep parks. <laughs> and on the right side, it's like a cartoon and it says stepmom on it. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder who's creating a cartoon for stepmoms. Because we've talked about that. Yeah. And so I, I click on it and it goes to uh, a web page of some sort. And it's like a comic strip and it's, you know, it's vertical. So I'm having to, to scroll up to see each section of the next piece of the comic strip. And it starts out with like this guy or, or excuse me, the stepmom says something like uh, your son, blah, blah, blah. And the guy's like, I wish you wouldn't call him my son. He's our son. And I want you to treat him like your own. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> you know, this it's going to be a comic that's, you know, talking about a lot of things that we deal with. But as I started reading more and more of it, it was not, it was not a comic for that. Guess you know what it was, honey? What was it? It was like a sexual <gasps> pornography comic strip with, and I didn't, of course, I didn't go any further than once well, I started apparently realizing. Apparently the algorithms have picked up on something you're looking at, David. Well, I mean, it has to pick up something on Facebook, but anyway. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay. Well, if you find <laughs> it on Facebook, let me know where it's at. But it was the whole point of the, and I didn't go far enough to know what the end of it was, but I went far enough to understand where it was going. And it was basically the stepson and stepmom Mm-mm. having a relationship. Mm-mm. And I was like, this is, this is terrible. It's sick. Yeah, it's sick. I mean, with all the challenges that blended families have already, to throw this out there into a public forum like Facebook as, as an ad choice. I mean, it's one thing when people are going to a, a pornography site and they're seeing these things, but this is on Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's an ad that's being pushed in front of people that are 
I don't know, they're looking at step family stuff, I guess. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of is the reason why the ad would, would feed it to me because it ain't like I'm looking at pornography on Facebook, but apparently I am now. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I just say that number one to rant because again, Facebook, so it's cesspool. But the other thing is understanding that it's yet another challenge you're going to have to protect yourself and your family against because, you know, God forbid that my kids have been on Facebook and said anything step family related and they got fed the same flipping algorithm. You know, it's well, just no, it was an ad, right? Yeah. Huh. But but again, why? Why do why do they allow that? I mean, I don't see ads for I don't know, because if you say boys are gross, then you get in trouble. That's what I'm saying. It's like you got this crazy dichotomy of weirdness going on. Well, one thing that's so simple and doesn't mean much anything gets to all the red flags. And then something else, this is basically feeding you pornography. Oh, that's okay. Because it's a paid ad. I'm like, why not have paid ads for adult friend finder and playboy or whatever other porn sites right there. The weird thing, like the only things I go on Facebook for, and I don't do a lot on Facebook, but I go to it and cybersecurity uh, groups, step family groups, and most recently groups about Jeeps. <laughs> That's it. Like there's nothing else. Why? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it either. But anyway. But there's uh, another reason that it's good that we created the Nacho Club. Yeah. And, and, and I, honestly, this wasn't a prelude to that conversation, but it's just, it's getting so bad that I honestly want to just cancel Facebook, my Facebook account altogether, but I can't because I keep up with family on there. I do business stuff on there. So I have a purpose for it, but as far as personal reasons, no, cesspool, I don't want to be on it. Anyway, that's my rant. You can bring the kids back in the room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It should be safe now. Yep. All right. Okay. (laughs) David, got off on a good rant. Today, we're talking to stepmom Morgan. Hey, Morgan. Morgan has been blending five years, married two of those. She has two bio kids and two step kids and they're all in their teens. Mm, fun times. Yes. And she has a daughter that's seven that her current husband is going to adopt. So we refer to her as our daughter seven. Okay. So five kids. Yes. All right. My math is good. <laughs> yeah. You're doing good today. <laughs> Here's something very interesting about her situation. Her ex was in work release, which is jail related, right? Okay. Basically, you go to jail, but they let you out to go work, and then you go back. It's like your home. It's the chain gang. Yeah. Well, I don't know what they call it anymore. <laughs> well, I guess they call it work release. <laughs> he was fighting for 50-50 custody while he was in jail. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you got to hear it. Does it say why? Like, was it child support related or anything like that? Why he was in jail? Yeah. I mean, I don't know that it matters, but. I think it was for drinking and driving with the daughter. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Not quite sure on that. All right. So we'll say we don't know. Yeah. Maybe maybe you talked about it in the interview. I'm sure I did. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like. Well, I can tell you if they talked about drinking and driving, you'd have went on a tear. I didn't. Okay. I waited till we quit recording. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so he fought her for 50-50 custody while he was in work release. Goes through the whole mess. The final court hearing. Dude doesn't even show up. That makes no sense. Oh, but it does. Oh, okay. Think about it. He got her all riled up, thinking he was going to get 50-50 of the kid, uh-huh. made her pay attorney's fees. 
Oh, and then when it come down to it, he's like, oh, psych. Exactly. Okay. So it's just, uh, I want to run up your bill and run up your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. It's not about the kid. Yeah. Uh, we've lived that one. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> she has a great relationship with her other ex. She has a, okay. Okay. I picked up on that. Yeah. <laughs> the first ex, she has a great relationship. The second ex, not so good. So two strikes. <laughs> the first ex, they all hang out together. It's weird how that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the second ex is so bad. You're like, you know what? The first ex wasn't too bad. We can be friends. <laughs> well, they never even had a court order or anything, her and the first one. That's interesting. They well, just get along that well. It's also, some people just realize like we were just better off as friends or acquaintances or whatever. The whole relationship thing just didn't work. And they split on amicable amicable terms. It's not like, you know, you and I and most other people where it's um, infidelity or abuse or, you know, you're getting rid of somebody. (laughs) You're trying to get rid of them. (laughs) Like a leech. Okay. Here's one more interesting thing. And then we're going to get to listen. All right. The twins were born on different days. Oh, was it like midnight? Uh 11.59 and midnight? One was born before midnight. One was born after. Ain't that crazy, though? It is. That's pretty cool. Because you she know said that, of all the things they share, their birthday's not one of them. Wow. I, I heard about somebody uh, two days ago that the mom had twins, and one of them was born prematurely, like two weeks before the other one, which I, I was like, what? I didn't think you could do that. Mm, I'm sure they could. Like, maybe they were able to stop the labor before the second one. They wouldn't have been able to be in the same sack. That's obvious. Yeah. But I, I kind of turned my head sideways. I didn't question it because I'm like, I don't want to seem like I'm ignorant, but I'm ignorant to that. <laughs> well, that's like those stories you hear where people are pregnant and then they get pregnant while they're pregnant. Oh. So they get pregnant and then like a month later, they get pregnant again. Huh. I haven't heard that. Mm-hmm. It happens, people. Okay. Anyway, that's interesting that they're a day apart. And I'm sure they love telling people that. Mm-hmm. We're twins. We're just not born on the same day. <laughs> right. And she's, it's funny because she talks about how different they are. And she said, you know, twin A... She's always just gung-ho and whatever, just like the way she was born. Mm. And twin B had to be like pulled out. <laughs> no. She, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to leave here. So, Well, I, I mean, I can tell you just with my triplets that the the one that was pulled out first, oh, he's like, I love the fact that I'm the big brother. I'm the older brother. I'm like, oh, my gosh, by a minute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's a mess. Yeah. I honestly don't think it took a minute to get them all three out. I think they just do that on paper. <laughs> well, yeah, because I don't think they could put that they were all born at the same time. Yeah, I, I don't know how they do that, but I know they were snatching babies out quickly. <laughs> I'll have to ask the doctor when I go. You do that. <laughs> so all right. Let me ask you a question there, Doc. <laughs> all right, so let's get to listening. Okay, we will. But first, a word about the nacho Oh, wait, kids. wait, wait, wait. <gasps> we got to make the announcement. What, Barbados? Did we forget the Barbados announcement? Yeah. Well, okay. we didn't forget. We did it last time, but we got to do it again. All right. So <laughs> for those of you who are interested in winning or possibly winning, putting it, getting put in for a drawing, we're giving away a stay at a Barbados resort. And I think it's like seven to 10 nights you get to choose. Mm-hmm. It's a stay at Barbados resort. And um, all you have to do is be a member of the Nacho Kids Academy or the Nacho Club by May 31st. And everyone mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. So as long as by, as long as on May 31st, you're a member of one of those, we're taking all the members that are in those two groups and we're putting them in a drawing. Mm-hmm. 
For more information about that, go to nachokids.com slash giveaway. There you go. Nachokids.com slash giveaway. So I'm really looking forward to giving away this stay in this fancy Barbados resort. Mm -hmm. All right. I think that's all for now. Okay, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Now, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy, which, by the way, you need to join to get your name (laughs) into the drawing for the Barbados thing. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Morgan. Hey, Morgan, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. So tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending stepkids, bio kids, hours kids, all that good stuff? Okay. So I have two boys that are 17 and 13 with my ex. And then my husband has twin 15-year-old girls with his ex. And then I was never married to my ex who I have the boys with. We didn't get married for all the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And then I had gotten married after him. I don't know that I was looking back now. I don't know that I was in love. I think I was in love with the idea of marriage and family. So we were married and we had a little girl together and then things just went totally crazy. uh, Meaning he, all this stuff had come out after and there was probably red flags that I ignored along the way. I think looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, I probably should have, you know, (laughs) honed in on that more. Uh, It came out that he was bipolar, alcoholic, um, narcissist, like documented, just crazy stuff. And he ended up drinking and driving with our daughter when she was two years old. And then I know you've talked before on the podcast about how much you hate the court system. And let me tell you, he drank and drove with her and then was able to take me to court to fight custody for 50-50 custody while he was in work release jail. You are kidding me. I am not kidding you. And this is after like a year long of already him being in the system for child neglect because he so intoxicated he couldn't take her to the doctor when she was like a year old. And I had warned the, the courts when we went for our first like before we had gotten divorced, you go and you do like your like your pre stuff, like how are you going to split custody? And he wanted 50-50 and I wanted supervised because I'm like, no, he's having all these issues. And and the commissioner told me, we can't parent everybody and you should be grateful that he wants to be an active dad in his daughter's life. And I'm like, but you're not hearing me. Like he has all these other issues that I feel like now her safety is at risk. And sure enough, two months after that, he got neglect charges because he was too intoxicated to take her to the doctor. And so I went over there, ended up taking her in and she had scarlet fever. Oh gosh. So they ended up calling child protective services. I had then emergency 100% custody and he had to go like a year long with meeting with the social worker, going to therapist, doing drug and alcohol testing, all this stuff. And in the meantime, I had met my now husband. And so we would have a social worker coming over to our house every month to make sure that we were stable. And I was like, wait a second, we're the safe parents that you just gave custody to. Why are we getting checked up? Whatever. It's the system is so weird. So then they decided that he was back to better and could regain 50-50. And I had expressed how concerned I was. 
and they gave him 50 50 it was the end of december beginning of january and february is when he drank and drove with her and he was three times the legal limit here in wisconsin on a tuesday morning at 10 a.m but yet nobody cares or seems to think that that's a problem so then because you have a minor in your car it's an automatic felony so then they put him in this work release jail where he could still go to work but had to come back jail at night or something Mm -hmm. and during that time he was able to take me to court to fight me for 50 50 custody so we went up until i think that was he started fighting me and May or June, I think. And we didn't resolve everything until that fall. And then it was almost, it was a big joke to him. He just never showed up for the hearing, the very, very last hearing where they were going to decide. So we had attorneys, we had been going to court like every month, all these motions, everything. And then he just never showed up to the last one. So I was awarded full custody, full placement, all decision-making. And she's now seven. She'll be eight this summer. So that was four or five years ago. And that was the last time she's seen him. So then my husband now, he's been in her life since she was two, one and a half, two. So that's the only dad she's ever known. And we actually, during the pandemic, we sold our old house, bought a new house. And you have to have in Wisconsin, you have to have six months in at your residence before you can start the adoption process. But so we've talked about that's like the next step we want to do, because that's all she's ever known as a dad, Mm -hmm. as my husband. But it's so it's, it's an ours baby, but not really an ours baby. At some point, it will legally be an ours baby, but biologically not. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. She will be an ours baby once he adopts her. Yes, definitely. Yes. And he just, he treats her so great. And he, I mean, with his twins, he's kind of been through the ringer with them. And so he feels like this is like a second chance to like be a full-time, hands-on, not alienated dad. Mm -hmm. So I think he's just welcomed the experience with open arms too. But anyways, that was totally just a big circle chat there but um as far as custody so the boys my boys come by me every monday tuesday and then every other weekend obviously the little one is here all the time and the twins come every other weekend when they want to pretty much we're at that point of the teenage years right now and then every wednesday he picks them up but they stay at his parents house because there's a really super weird dynamic that we'll get into with the grandparents are super involved. Mm-hmm. So that's just been very different for me to adjust to. Um, and his is very much custody is defined by a court order. A judge had, you know, decided a long time ago what these girls are going to, where they're going to be, what they're going to do, all that stuff. And my ex and I, the boy's dad, we are like the best of friends. We never went to court. We never did child support. We never did custody. We have just always been able to figure it out. We're both self-employed. So I was just like, well, these are my two slowest days. And he was like, well, these are my two. And so we just figured it out. And it's been that way for 12 years. So it works. Well, that's good that you have that relationship with your ex. It is. And I know some people think it's super duper weird because literally we all hang out, go to the kids, baseball, football, basketball games, all that stuff. Like him and my husband are Facebook friends. I think that's <laughs> awesome. Think it's weird, but I really appreciate it because I can see how terrible it can be on the other side of it. Yes. With what my husband deals with. So, so I want to back up a second. Your ex was fighting for 50-50 while he was in work release. Yep. Went through all the motions, but when it came to the final hearing, he just didn't show up? Correct. Did you find out why? No, he is just a very spiteful person. Like, I will take you to court 
make you spend all this money, waste all your time, but then ha 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 ha. I'm telling you, that's like where his mind is. It is literally nothing to do with his daughter. It is just to spite me. I understand more than you think. Oh, it's crazy. There was one point when she was like a baby baby and we were trying to split up custody and I had a work trip that I had to do. And he was so adamant that I wasn't going on a work trip, but I was just going to go on a trip with a guy that I said, she's going to be with the nanny for this five days. So you're actually going to miss your one Wednesday night visit of four hours. So in exchange, I'm willing to give you the next holiday would have been Thanksgiving. So I'm willing to give you a Wednesday overnight, which would have been supervised with his sister, all of Thanksgiving day, and then Friday until the afternoon. So you're giving up a four hour visit with your daughter to get essentially a three day visit. And he wouldn't do it. Oh my gosh. Just to spite. So I'm like, it's really not about spending time with your daughter at all. It is literally just to spite me. But yeah. So we had to actually go in front of the social worker and plead our cases or whatever, you know, and she had had my itinerary for my work trip and where I was going to be staying and the contract that I was doing and all this stuff. And essentially I got to go. And so he missed out with having the visit. And I'm like, all this stuff, just why? What is the end result? Like you're hurting yourself in the end. I just don't understand people like that. No, I don't either. I definitely don't either. It's sad. It's very sad. Their hate for the other bio parent outweighs their love for their kid. Yes. Yes. And I've heard that before. And it's it's just really sad. And I, I see it. I see the way my boys are and the way that they're well-adjusted and the way that they're there's no parental alienation. There's no good cop, bad cop. It's Oh, uh, dad said I could go with my friends Friday. Oh, really? Let me get dad on speaker and let's just confirm that. Mm-hmm. So they know there's no getting away with it. But I see the way the twins have been able to finagle some stuff just because mom and dad don't get along and don't talk. And Yes. So you made a comment that the twins come kind of whenever they want to. Yes. So I will tell you, okay, we'll call them twin A and twin B. Okay. Okay. A is the older twin. I don't nacho her really. I don't really have to nacho her. And let me, before I, before I explain this to you, let me just thank you and your husband for being so vulnerable and putting yourselves out there and your family life and everything, because I think you are helping more people than you will ever know. And I just stumbled upon nacho last fall and it has been honestly a lifesaver and a marriage saver. It's been awesome. Well, I'm so glad that it helped you and thank you so much for being so supportive. It's funny because I am so much of an introvert. So this is like hard for me to share our story, but it's like David and I decided we had to share it because we had to help other people. Yeah. And thank God for that therapist who was like, not your kids, not your kids. Yeah. Mr. Butler. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. I wish there was more out there that were so well-versed in step families and the dynamics of it. Yes. Because I think a lot of them are still in that mindset of the Brady Bunch. Like we're going to turn this into a normal core family, which it's not, and it'll never be that way. Right. And the whole, you just need to love them more. Ugh, please. Well, I'm just thankful that Mr. Butler knew how hard-headed I was <laughs> to tell me that over and over and over and over again. So it clicked. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure your husband appreciates that too. Yes. <laughs> but he was so persistent. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So twin A. Okay. So twin A, I don't nearly need to nacho her as much. Okay. So funny story too. The twins have different birthdays. So one was born before midnight and one was born after midnight. How cool is that? Yeah. So of all the things they share, they don't have to share a birthday. That is amazing. Yes. And they're 15 now. I've been in their life since they were 10. So for five years. 
and my husband and I have been married for two of those years. I was kind of hell bent on not getting married again, just because of everything that happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, but just from like a legal standpoint, I work in the medical field as far as all that stuff. I was like, it's better for us to just have the house together, have be on the same page for all that. So anyways, so I don't nacho twin a nearly as much. She is very much a go-getter. She's very much, she can be really high anxiety, very type A. And so it's so funny that she just came barreling into the world and was born first. And the other one, she was born just before midnight. The other one, they had to go in and get out via C-section. And that's just her personality. Now, twin B is just kind of a sloth. We'll get there when we get there. The way they came into the world is still how they are 15 years later, which is just hilarious to me. But that is funny. Yeah. So twin A, she wants to have a job. She wants to take driver's ed and she gets good grades. She wants to be a part of the family. She's really good with her little sister. Like the other twin, ugh, the past couple of years, teenage girls are not fun anyway. <laughs> and then you multiply that by two. And then you throw in the fact that I'm just a stepmom. It's a very hard dynamic. So she and her dad have kind of been butting heads a lot. Wait, let me back up. Okay. So grandma and grandpa are very his parents are very involved. When they got they got married because they got pregnant, they were young and she got pregnant with twins. So that was apparently, you know, the right thing to do. And then they were divorced by the time the girls were like two. Okay. And he had moved back with his parents. And so on the nights and the visits where he had them every Wednesday and every other weekend, it wasn't really him being a dad. It was grandma's there. His little sister still lived at home, like in high school. So she got to be like the fun aunt. Mm -hmm. My husband did not have a lot of responsibility, even diaper changing, feeding them, anything like that. It was their aunt and grandma and grandpa. That whole dynamic is weird too, because he never really, really had to be a dad. Mm -hmm. And it's just always stayed that way that every Wednesday night, even if they have the option to come here, they've just always stayed with grandma and grandpa because that's what they've done since they were two years old. Right. So we've just kind of let that happen. But um, when twin B was 13, it came out that she was doing a lot of inappropriate things on her phone. Mm-hmm. Um, like inappropriate things that would land you like in the police department for like charges, Ooh. like bad stuff. Okay. Yeah. So my husband actually went and talked to one of the local detectives from like our local police department, you know, and asked about what do we do? What's the best route? You know, it was just this big rigmarole. So high conflict bio mom decided at that point that we all needed to co-parent together. And I'm funny that you want to do this now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. She's 13, but she's a very, very much a control freak. So she suggested that we all go to dinner and talk about this and what we're going to do and kind of get on the same page, which now coming into this relationship with my husband, he would tell me these stories of her and I'm is like you're just being dramatic like nobody is that crazy of a person right Mm -hmm. like that's not possible and I'm thinking because oh my gosh girl I came into it thinking well I get along great with my ex my boys have a stepmom I love her like she's amazing how could this not be the same relationship we'll have on this side oh I was so stupid she's (laughs) she's really crazy um has to be in control of literally everything We went to dinner. We had hatched out all these rules. These are going to be the rules for her, for her phone, in order to keep her phone, all this stuff. And wouldn't you know it, a week later, out the window at mom's house. So my husband's like, well, if I keep the rules at my house, she's not going to want to come over. Right. Because now baby mama is like fun and letting her have her phone back with no 
restrictions. So he just didn't want to keep up with the same rules because then he would be the bad guy. And then she would say, well, then I'm not coming to your house. And I was, at what point does she get to choose? He does have the guilty parenting syndrome for sure. Um, But he's not going to go and physically force his kids to come here, right? And if you ask, there's been times where bio mom has said, if you don't want to go to dad's this weekend, because you know you're going to be grounded, you can just stay here and I'll let you sleep at your friend's house. Oh, that's great. Well, how on earth do you ever compete with that? Okay, so bio mom has no rules. Bio mom has no rules. Um, She likes to think that she has rules and play the tough guy when it looks good for other people, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, she's lazy and she just doesn't, she wants to be their friend. And she will, she just texts them. For example, she, the twin B came to us and said, I want to do this soccer camp, blah, blah, blah. This is how much it costs. Mom says you have to pay half, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine, whatever. So we write the track. She's going to go do this soccer camp. It was only a week long and it was to prep her to be ready for high school tryouts. So by Tuesday, she already decides she doesn't want to stay after school and go to this camp. And I'm like, okay, again, (laughs) not Nacho, but I told my husband, like, why are you giving her a choice? Mm-hmm. Like she's 15 years old. She specifically asked to go to this camp and that we pay for it and split it. Why does she even have a choice? I just don't understand. And so he texts bio mom and says that. And she said, this is just not something I want to get into a pissing match with her about. So I'm just not going to make her go. And I was like, it's not a pissing match. It's not like you're asking her to pick up her socks. This is a little bit more important. Like if, when you're picking your battles, this could be a battle that you should pick, I feel like. Right. But that, I mean, obviously that's in the end result is between him and bio mom. And she ended up not going and missing the camp or whatever. But I was just, I, it might actually my seven-year-old now say, not your kids, mom. <laughs> when I just roll my eyes and walk in the other room, I'm like, oh, Lordy. <laughs> that's so funny. And my husband was on board, full on board with Nacho. Um, he doesn't do much for my boys, like as far as disciplining them, not to say that they don't need it, but like, they're usually not as mouthy or I don't know. They, and he feels like they have a very active dad that is in their life and we kind of just have everything on lockdown with them. So I guess he doesn't really feel the need to parent them. Occasionally he'll be like, Hey, can you take out the garbage or whatever? Mm-hmm. But it's not anything like crazy. Yes. Where I came in thinking, I'm going to be stepmom of the year. Like, they're going to send me a trophy. (laughs) We're just going to be this great blended family. And it was just, oh my gosh, I cannot believe it. And I can't believe that I have, I'm estranged from my family. So I don't, my kids don't have grandparents here in the area. My ex, the boy's dad, his parents have passed away. So literally the kids really don't have any grandparents. So to have these grandparents then that are so hands-on is so weird to me. And the girls, the twins can play it where they can say, I'm going to ask mom. If mom says no, I'm going to ask dad. If dad says no, I'm going to call grandma. If grandma says no, I'm going to call Nana. Mm -hmm. Like it is a whole web of, well, we're just going to keep calling until we get what we want. Mm -hmm. It floored me because I just could not understand that. And my husband said to me, twin B just broke her phone again. Her mom bought it for her. We refused to buy her another phone because we bought her two new iPhones over the past, I don't know how many years. And she's locked herself out of both of them. So they're sitting in my home office on the desk. 
two brand new iPhones that we cannot get into. Well, she just, the speaker broke on her phone, so she can't talk to it. She can still text or whatever, but so she wants a new phone. And so bio mom says, well, I'll kick in a hundred of it because she bought it for her for Christmas. Now this is Monday night, Monday. So it's Wednesday. So she told us Monday, I'll kick in a hundred dollars for twin B's phone. If you guys want to kick in some money too. And so my husband came to me and said, I do all the finances. I do all our bills. We, sh- we do share money, which is probably a hard part too. I didn't realize when you blend families, like I would be paying so much for other people's kids stuff. Yes. Which I guess would be okay if they were just a tad more appreciative mm-hmm. with stuff like the iPhones. And Twin A is, she's very, like I just went and got her new shoes and she was just so appreciative and like so great about it. But so he came to me and he said, we need to talk about this, you know, with twin B's phone, this is the situation. And I was like, okay. I said, well, she quit her job. She's working at like a local burger joint, quit her job. I said, well, is she planning on getting another job? Like, I think if it's fair, if, if bio mom wants to chip in money and you're asking me my opinion for what we should chip in, I think that she should also chip in some, so she has some skin in the game because she's literally been through probably seven iPhones in the past five years. Oh my gosh. And those are not cheap. No. And at one point, do you stop? Right. Like at what point do you say no? Or like my oldest son, he had went through this too, where he was being inappropriate and just not to the degree where we had to like go to the police or anything, just like being a jerky bonehead, 12, 13 year old boy. So I said, I'm giving you the three strikes rule. Like that's what him, his dad and I do. Three strikes, you're out. First time we're going to talk about it. Second time you're going to get a consequence. Third time, it is like, you don't get a phone. This is a privilege. It is not a right. Like it is, it is not your natural born right to get an iPhone. Right. And it was so bad at one point in middle school with my oldest that I went out and bought a $25 flip phone and I took his iPhone and I gave him a flip phone with no internet, nothing. And I said, this is what you get until you realize that now I know your safety's covered. You need to ride home from football, whatever. You can call me. And I really could give two craps what your friends think. Like, I don't care. They're not my kids. Mm-hmm. You're the one that messed up and this is going to be your consequence. So get over it. And my husband just thought I was like the meanest person in the world. And my ex was all like on board. Like, yeah, totally. He does not deserve an iPhone. So then we went through that with him. We went through a little merry-go-round with that stupid flip phone where... uh he would earn his iPhone back and then I'd put the flip phone in the drunk drawer for a couple months and I'm, you know, he'd get a little too big for his britches. All right, give me the iPhone back. You get the flip phone for the next week. So we did that for a little while and then that was through middle school and then in high school, it gotten a little better and then he just totally reverted back to just being a bonehead boy and I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm totally done. Oh, you know what it was? I found a little bottle of alcohol in his backpack. Ah. Uh-huh. A little bottle of Dr. McGillicuddy's grape, which I didn't even know they make grape flavor, which is so weird. That sounds kind of good. I know, right? <laughs> it was in his backpack and it was empty. And I said, well, what is this? And he goes, I don't know. Somebody must have drank it and put it in there. I said, somebody drank a bottle of alcohol at school and then just happened to litter it in your backpack? Do you think I was born yesterday? <laughs> they do. Like, they really do. <laughs> oh, my God. I litter. Oh, my God, Lori. I took his iPhone. I put it on the table and I took a hammer and I smashed And his iPhone was old at this point. But I smashed it. I said, I'm done. He was probably in, what was he, 10th, 9th or 10th grade? I said, I'm done. I'm done with the iPhones. I'm done with the lying. Like, I'm done. You want an iPhone from here on out? You need to buy it and you need to pay the bill. Well, that was, you know, two years ago. So he has since bought his own iPhone 11, pays us 
the bill. It's under ours, but he pays us every month. He works. He has a job. He's had a job since he was 15. And I said to my husband, I said, you know, we should probably get the girls because he wants to teach them responsibility too. And he said, you know, even if they're only working so many hours because of sports or whatever, they could pay $5 a week out of their check, just something to get them on the habit of paying for it, you know, Mm -hmm. and bio mom will not agree to anything like that. And he gets frustrated because he's like, oh, I see how easy it could be the way me and my ex are. He's like, I can see, I can see how easy it can be. And it gets so frustrating that he doesn't have that. And I don't know what to say to him or like what to do, you know, other than be supportive, but I see it too. What do you do? Right. There's no sense in going back to court now. They're 15. No. Essentially, they could go in front of a judge and say what they want, which would be, I think they would pick bio mom because she's their friend. Can't blame them. I would. Right. Yeah. Why would you want to come here when you have to? We live out in the country. We split wood and we stack wood and twin B refuses to do anything with wood. She won't even bring wood in. Each morning we'll have each of the kids bring four or five pieces of wood in in the winter. She won't. He won't even ask her to do it anymore Mm -hmm. because she'll throw a complete fit. And I was so you're scared of her. You're literally scared of your daughter. He's like, well, I'm scared of her reaction. I'm like, okay. And then the boys and the other twin are like, well, that's not fair. How come she doesn't have to? And I was like, I don't know. It's not my kid. Mm -hmm. You worry about you and bringing in your little four pieces of wood. That's all you need to worry about. Right. And I can understand him not wanting to deal with her flipping out. Mm Mm-hmm. But a lot of it is probably because he's afraid that she will not want to come back for visitation and will want to stay with mom all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did ask him a couple weeks ago because I said she did say she wasn't going to come back. She was mad. He wouldn't let her go to this party or something. And him and I had had this weekend or just a getaway planned um, to go out of town for a night. And we were just going to go two hours away. And she had had plans to go to this party and like sneak out. Well, she was staying with her grandma on mom's side. So he had his mom go over and get her because Nana on the other side is just, well, if she sneaks out, she sneaks out. And my husband's (laughs) like, I don't want to find her dead in a ditch. That's not an option. Right. And it wasn't even our custody weekend, but my husband was so nervous about it. So he called his parents to go over and get her, brought her back to her house. We're like driving to go have dinner and stay at this other place. And he gets a call from his dad and she's screaming in the background. She tried running away. My 72-year-old father-in-law is chasing her down Main Street in a very small community. And I'm just, oh my Lord, what is going on? She's trying to get a ride to go to this party. And still, that was maybe a month ago. There was never an apology to grandma and grandpa. There was never a consequence. There was never a punishment No phone was ever taken away. Nothing. There's just nothing done. So she's going to keep doing it. That's what I'm saying. But I feel it's so far gone at this point. I don't know. You just have to let it be. There's nothing you can do for sure. Oh, for sure. And it's funny because my 13-year-old son is, oh my God, mom, if I ever try. And I'm like, I know. And I'm glad you know too. So just stop Mm -hmm. and mind your business. Like that's not your business. Yes. So yes. And being that I'm a bio mom and a stepmom, I get it. I see both sides of it. But honestly, my boy's stepmom has been in their life in some capacity for 11 years. So like my 13-year-old does not ever remember life without her in his life. Actually, my ex met her. She was his daycare teacher. That's what it was. I think she was his two-year-old daycare teacher and that's how they met. So kind of weird. And then they have a girl. They have a little girl that's seven weeks younger than my daughter. Mm -hmm. 
So they're like little, they call each other soul sisters because they share brothers. And when they were little, they could not understand how they weren't sisters. (laughs) Yeah. And they're like best buddies. We go to each other's birthday parties at baseball games. You know, she's sitting in my lap. So we're all just really good friends. And actually stepmom for my boys, she just went in to have a routine surgery last month and we almost lost her. It was pretty crazy. They There was like some complications during surgery. It was supposed to be a routine appendectomy. They perforated her bowel. She ended up going septic. She was in the ICU. They couldn't get her off the vent because then she had double pneumonia and blood clots. And oh my gosh, it was a rigmarole. So what would have been a routine in and out surgery? She was in the hospital for like 25 days and nine days in the ICU. Oh my gosh. It was crazy. And my 13-year-old and her, both the boys are really close with her, but much more so my 13-year-old. They just have a special bond. He was just super nervous about it. And my boys really stepped up. They helped out with their little sister. So dad could go to the hospital every day. Him and I were shuffling the kids back and forth, you know, like, hey, can you bring this boy here? And then I'll take him to baseball, but can you pick him up from work? And then on the weekends when I would bring, when it was my weekend to have the boys, we would take his little girl too. Cause I'm like, it's much better for her to be with my daughter, who's like one of her best friends and her brothers versus sitting home, realizing my mom's not here. How awful for her, you know? Right. But she's home now and she's doing amazing. She's healing awesome. And I go twice a week. I wash her hair for her and hang out with her. And she's just awesome. We love each other. I say I love you every time I leave. It's That's a really awesome, awesome little, we call it our little village, our little co-parenting village, but it worked. Oh man, you're so sweet. I can't make fun of you. <laughs> Why? You can make fun of me. (laughs) No, really, I do think that's awesome. And I think a lot of people, when they're like, oh, that's weird, or they're like, oh, I could never do that, it's because it is the exception to the rule. But it shouldn't be. And I really feel like this younger generation could be the the generation that changes that. And I'm not, I'm not, we're not the exception. Like in our school district, I know like two or three other families that They all sit together at a football game and they all go to church on Christmas together. We're not the only ones. Is it just because these bio moms are crazy? Like, I don't know. I'm a bio mom too, but man, I love getting that break from my kids. And I love that when they go to their dads, they have, especially when they were little, he's a great dad. He's hands-on. He does meal planning. I mean, sometimes I think he's more organized than I am, which is crazy, but I love that they had a lady there if they were scared or had a bad day, there was going to be someone there that would hug them or rub rub their back for them. Or they just have another adult in their life to love and support them. Like, why is that bad? Oh, it's not bad. Right. For instance, with my ex, we have a very bad relationship. We parallel parent. We cannot get along. We just cannot get along. And a lot of it goes to the thing that you were talking about with your ex, how his hate for me is stronger than the love for his kid. Oh, he's spiteful? Yes. And it's sad. So That's really sad. When he got a girlfriend one time that was really nice, I was like, oh, that's awesome. Because I knew that she would watch Jackson and help make sure he didn't get hurt. Yeah. And things like that. But he wanted me to have zero communication with her. And the reason for that, I truly believe, is because... Once she got to know me, she would realize the stories she heard about me were not true. Yeah. You're not the villain in the story. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to expose that, I guess. And I think there are some people that are just so high conflict that you just can you that's that's like the only choice you have then at that point mm-hmm. is to parallel parent. But I don't even think my husband can do that with her because even when we have in the past agreed to stuff or certain rules or try and keep this parallel at both houses she stops. 
doing it or doesn't enforce it. So then it goes to the wayside too. Parallel parenting is you do not communicate with them. Parallel is you stay in your lane, I stay in mine. There's no co-parenting at all. Interesting. I guess I was on the assumption it was totally something else. Well, you would think that it's, oh, let's keep things on the same track at your house and my house. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally what I thought it was all this time. Mm -mm. Oh my gosh. No, it's not. And I know David's ex, one time she wanted to meet with us when she was going to start getting the kids 50-50. Because originally we had them 11 out of 14 days. And she said, let's all meet and talk about how things are at your house so I can keep things the same at my house. What a crock of crap that was. Oh, right, girl. If David put them on restriction for making a C, she would only put them on restriction, which not even really put them on restriction, for making a D. Right. If bedtime here was nine, it was 10 at her house. Right. So she didn't want to meet with us so she could be consistent with them. She wanted to meet with us so she could find out what we were doing to make it better for them at her house. Right. Like it's a competition. Exactly. When really, I feel like the kids are just the ones losing out anyway at that point. Mm -hmm. The funny thing I was going to tell you too about my husband, he will tell you, like, I was not the best dad from the time we divorced to the time him and I met. I mean, there was, what, eight years, seven years in between where he was letting his parents do the parenting. Mm -hmm. He had his own apartment when we met and his kids had bedrooms there, but they never stayed overnight there. Mm Mm-hmm. So when it was his custody time, either that Wednesday night or on his weekends, they stayed with grandma and he would go out with his friends or do whatever, but like literally never had them by himself overnight. I don't even think he knew how to like talk to them or like relate to them. Right. And now just this year, I said, when I stumbled onto Nacho, I said, so you're going to be buying the girls Christmas stuff. You know, you're going to be going and like, I made him stop and get like their gift cards for their birthday. We always get them. Their mom always takes them to Florida right around spring break, which is near their birthday. So we always get them a visa gift card. So they have spending money while they're in Florida. Mm -hmm. And actually funny story about that. Bio mom called and said one twin B wanted to get a perm in her hair, which is the new thing. It's coming back people. No. No. What on earth is going on with that? But um, so she went and boys too. Boys are getting perms. Like the tight, kinky perms? Yes, on just the top of the hair. Mm-hmm. There's like a YouTuber or somebody, a singer, somebody who is making it popular again. I don't know. Okay. But anyways, she said, are you getting Twin B a gift card for Florida again this year? And he said, yes, that's what I do every year. And she said, can you just give it to me and not her because... I took her for a perm and I didn't realize until she was already in the chair, they charged me $180 for it. And he's like, that's not my problem. I'm not giving you her birthday present because you manage this poorly. That's not my problem. And it's not her problem. Like, essentially it's your problem, but she does this all the time. We just got a call after, after the day after she asked us this week to chip in for the cell phone for twin B. She told my husband yesterday, twin A is getting her wisdom teeth out next Wednesday. She's had the appointment for two months, but you need to pay $400 by next Wednesday to the dentist. Oh my gosh. I'm like, so you've known about the appointment. You've talked about it. I heard twin A say something the last weekend she was here about she's going to be getting her wisdom teeth out. She didn't say when. I just had my oldest to the dentist too. And they said in the next year, you'll have to have a consult to have them out. So I was like, okay. So that's what I was thinking in my head. I wasn't thinking, oh gosh, it's coming up or bio mom made an appointment and never said anything. Mm -hmm. But yeah, now all of a sudden it's now we pay $400. Wow. I told my husband, honey, if you're going to ask me, 
about the phone because this is our big complaint with bio mom. She wants to be their friend so much that she spends money on stuff that they want versus stuff that they need. And so he's always trying to tell her when she's like, oh, I'm so broke. You need to pay for this or I, you need to give me money for this and whatever. It's okay. Well, going and buying them Birkenstocks is not a necessity. Right. Like that's a want. And he tells her all the time, you need to learn the difference between a want and a need. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you would have more money in your savings. I don't know what to tell you. So I told my husband, I said, well, if you're going to ask me if it's between a phone or her teeth, we're going to go teeth route, obviously. Yes. So no. And I, I said, I really honestly think she needs to just have some skin in the game. Otherwise, she's just going to keep breaking phones, actually. So that whole deal is on pause right now. But they're at, this is the weekend that they come over. So since I've started notching a lot more with Twin B, I have a lot less anxiety Thursday night going into Friday about when they come over. My husband still gets from probably 1 o'clock, 2 on Friday afternoon until he picks them up at 5.30. It is a string of text messages or phone calls from both of the twins and bio mom about plans that she's made for them over the weekend or even on our weekend. Well, I told her she could go here and here. So you need to drive her to the the ski hill or you need to take her an hour west to this party that I said she could go to. And so if my husband says no, he's the bad guy. So he just does it. It's a good thing people can't see my face right now. Mm, Girl, me too. (laughs) For instance, if my son says, well, before he started driving, if he said, well, I want to go here this weekend, but it's my dad's weekend. I'm like, well, you need to ask your dad mm-hmm. if he'll take you there and pick you up. If he won't take you and pick you up, if he's okay with you going, I'll come get you and take you and then drop you back off. Mm-hmm. But I don't see that going well. I know it wouldn't flush it with my ex. It'd be like, you don't tell me what to do. I think it's even in my court papers that we are not to plan things on the other person's time. Oh, that would be nice. We don't have that. And we also don't have anything saying like when you make an appointment for something medical and you know it's going to cost more than $100 or something that you have to consult with us or anything. There's nothing. She has all, they have 50-50, but she in the end has final decision making. Mm-hmm. And being that that was put in the court order has really gone to her head. I can tell you Twin B, I don't know what in your state what it's called, but Twin B had an IEP here, which is like an individualized education plan because mm-hmm. she was really far behind in reading. Um, and she had that all through elementary school. And then she went to middle school um, in sixth grade and she hated it. She hated having to be pulled out to go to this special reading room. Um, I think she felt semi-embarrassed, you know, it's middle school and So she was going home and complaining to mom. So mom decides, well, she doesn't want to go. So I'm just going to pull her out of school and put her in a private school. And my husband and I were like, no, absolutely not. We do not agree with that. We will give you two public school choices, either our district or the district over, you know, we'll help with rides, but absolutely not. She needs to have this IEP. And she said, no, no, no. I have decision-making per the courts, blah, blah, blah. So she pulled them out put them in a private parochial school for two years for seventh and eighth grade. And then eighth grade, at the end of eighth grade year, they did their freshman readiness testing because they were getting ready to go back to public school. And she tested at a fourth grade reading level. Oh gosh. Because she got no specialized help for reading or reading comprehension for those two years. And then she had the audacity last fall to take us back to court to try and make us pay half for the girls' tuition when we didn't even agree for them to go to that school. Oh my gosh. I feel so bad for the kids with this. 
Yes. And the judge ruled in her favor. So we have to pay her a monthly amount per the judge to pay her back to mess up this child for life. But my husband has no say because she has all decision making. And I've heard your podcast about how you feel about the, the judicial system. And I am with you. I really think there needs to be more than one judge. I really think that they should, one of them should have to be in a blended family. I mean, I definitely agree because you put all that power on one person and now look at Yeah. Yep. So your husband had to go back to court recently. Yes. In November. It was November. Yeah. It was November. He couldn't ask to be included in all this other stuff then? No. He tried. We wrote something out together for him to read to the judge and the judge stopped him after like one or two pages because he mentioned her alcohol use because the twins will come home and say, oh my gosh, mom was so hammered last night. Her friends were over. So my husband mentioned something about it and the judge shut it down and wouldn't let him talk about anything else. Just said, you're done. Like you're done talking. Like you're not going to insult her character. Wouldn't listen to him. Nothing. So I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's great. There's been times like she's, when she comes to pick him up on our weekend, she comes at like five o'clock on Sunday nights. She's been so wasted from watching the Packer game at the bar that her husband has to drive her here to pick up her kids. Wow. But the judge won't listen because, and he's, my husband always says it's because we're women and it's a woman's state. Well, the good thing is, is that she gets her husband to drive. Right. Well, then my husband's like, how do I even trust that? And she, she's lied to the school district before when they're in on, you know, everything is Zoom or whatever. It wasn't in-person meetings or whatever. And she would say, yeah, I'm here with the twins' dad. And it's actually her husband. My husband never even knew about it. The only reason he found out was because when the twins told him. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Mom said my stepdad was dad on the phone call. And then my husband's like, what was their meeting about? Oh, my gosh. Why didn't I know? Well, it was about truancies because when they're at her house, she doesn't make them wake up for class or do this or do that because then there's going to be some sort of reaction she doesn't want to deal with. So it's easier to just not parent versus putting up with it and parenting. Wow. That just floors me. And yeah, I'm I'm glad you've listened to the previous podcast about how I feel about the court system because I'm sure everybody's like, please, Lori, don't go down that road again. Don't go down that road again. <laughs> this is where you insert, listen to podcast number, blah, 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 if you yeah. hear all that info. But no, it was so great. And I love that you guys went off on that little tangent. And I felt so bad for that gentleman in that one episode that was fighting for it. And it was just like, seems like the court's just... I feel like they're just not heard as dads. And even my husband, I, he said, I will go in front of a judge and say, I was a crappy dad for those years when I let my parents do all of it. And, and grandma and grandpa didn't discipline because they're grandma and grandpa. Why mm-hmm. would they? Exactly. So literally, they just didn't get disciplined. It's like I said, I have those feelings about the court system and I've won every time. Right. I still think it's a crappy system. Mm-hmm. And I think you should, as long as there's no abuse or substance abuse or mental issues, I really think you should start at 50-50 and go from there. And we pay her every month and she makes three times what my husband makes. Again, I'm glad people can't see my face. What? Yeah. But in Wisconsin, they can't take your spouse's income into consideration. Okay. So when he did his fight, because they had to submit like a financial disclosure statement, if we were to take all of our bills and split them down the middle, which we don't do because we share money, and we would take all of your expenses every month, I think when he came out to the end of it was like he would have an additional $11 a month. Oh my gosh. After everything is said and done, right? After all the bills are paid and he pays her this monthly amount. And so that's what they took to the courts and they didn't care. They were like, nope, you still have to pay this amount. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just can't even believe this is, I just have, I have a countdown on my phone until we don't have to deal with her anymore until they graduate high school. And it can be not the girls, the mom, 
where we don't have to deal with her. Literally, you can just turn your phone off. I tell them all the time. I'm like, block her for the day if she's going to text you 50 times while you work. That's crazy. And then he always says, what if something happens to one of the twins? Okay, we're close enough with your parents. They live four minutes away. Somebody would call them. I don't think both twins are going to die in an accident, knock on wood. Somebody would alert us, whether it be a twin, a grandparent. You're going to know. Right. But like to put up with all the other drama, no, just stop it. Cut it off at the source. And you would think that she's in another relationship. It would help her not be so dramatic. You would think, but no. And when we bought our old house, it was, she took him back to court for money. And then we bought our new house with a little more land. She just thinks we're millionaires. Technically, sweetie, the bank owns our house and we just pay the bank. I don't know if you think we're made of millions, but we took out a mortgage just like everybody else. Oh my gosh. Right. But yeah, any kind of big purchase. She's I'm taking you to court. <laughs> it's just, oh my gosh, you're so ridiculous. But then so we did get an attor- a letter from an attorney three or four years ago saying if he let her have full custody of the girls, she would forgive any debt that she thought that we owed them. They had been fighting over a medical bill or something. She would forgive that debt if he would sign over his weekly custody to her. So it's really not about money then. Right. Right. Then it's about control. And he even brought that letter with us when we went back to court this last time to bring to the judge. And the judge did not care. He just did not want to hear from my husband at all. And then they told my husband, you have to pay $1,000 today or you go to jail for 30 days. So we had to pay $1,000 to the court. Wow. Yeah. We have a friend of ours that here, the mom abandoned him when he was one or two and he's maybe five now. She just walked away and she's got some substance abuse issues and whatever. And she's been arrested. I don't even know how many times. And the courts are still trying to get reunification going. I don't get it. Here's a dad that has taken care of this kid for four years on his own. Why are you trying to get this mom who's still using and just got arrested again a month ago? They fight so hard to put these families back together and they don't realize the damage that they're doing to the kids. Yes. I don't care if it's the mom or not and you gave birth to him. I mean, you abandoned him and haven't been in his life for that long. There should be some sort of, you can't be able to just come back and be in that kid's life, right? You would think. You wouldn't think you could fight someone for custody from jail, right? But you can, right? And what's funny is even with it being a quote, quote, women's state or mom's state, it's a male judge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your relationship with twin A is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Twin B, you have to nacho her more than twin A. Oh, yes. And right now we are full on. Actually, the last time she left her house, oh, when was it? The last weekend she was here, she looked at my husband and she said, and you can tell Morgan I effing hate her. <gasps> and then she left and I was just, okay, my husband's, well, does that make you sad? And I was, no, I honestly don't care what a 15-year-old thinks of me. Like, I don't care. And it's probably because... I don't know. I don't even ask my husband. I don't ask them to pick up twin A if she leaves her bowl out. Okay, babe, can you put that in the sink? You know? Perfect nacho, girl. Perfect nacho. Yeah. I don't even ask. I don't ask them to do. I don't ask them to clean the room. I don't ask them to do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I just have to make my husband more uncomfortable. I have to make him actually physically stop at a store to buy them gift cards because I refuse to buy them stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. When I, back when I was, you know, still waiting for my trophy of stepmom of the year, <laughs> I was, oh my gosh, do you like this sweatshirt? Oh my gosh, I'm going to get you all this stuff for St. Nick. And oh my gosh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Nope. And you're right. When you've talked about before, it'll never be a core family. You just have to make the best of it. And I, think I went in thinking, I'm going to love them as much as I love my children. And it's, it is physically not possible. I did not carry these babies. I did not nurse these babies. 
I did not have that 3 a.m. feeding to bond with these babies. Mm-hmm. So, and people who say that, they're big liars. Maybe if you were like in their life since they were like little, little, you could say that maybe, but I feel like that is 0.01% of people. The stepmoms that, oh, I love them just as my own. And then you're, well, how old are your kids? I don't have any. Okay. Well, that kind of knocks that out. But then it's, well, how old is your stepkid? Oh, they're two. Mm, Yeah. Who doesn't love a two-year-old? They're cute. Yeah. It's when they turn about nine. 10, you get a different child. Right. Sometimes I don't even like my own. I will always love my children. Sometimes I don't even like them. My boys, they're boneheads sometimes. Oh, I know. Make really stupid decisions. I'm also a huge believer in natural consequence though. And my ex and I have always had a role with the boys. You get one rescue per sport or one rescue per semester for school. So if you forget your saxophone at home, I will bring it to you one time this semester. And that is it. Don't call me again. You talk to your band teacher then. That is not my problem. Mm-hmm. And then same with sport. You forget your cleats. You forget your glove, whatever. You get one rescue per sport. Otherwise, you're riding the bench, man. Not my problem. You explain it to your coach. And I remember this one time, our 13-year-old, he was probably maybe eight or nine. And I go to pick him up from baseball and he's wearing Nike slide sandals. He's coming in from the outfield. And the coach goes, mom, what's up with these sandals? He can't run in the outfield in those. And I said, I don't know. Ask him. I'm not on your team. <laughs> so he calls my son over and he comes over and he's, dude, what's with the sandals? Where are your cleats? And he goes, well, you know, I only get one rescue a season. And I was just thinking if I forgot my glove for a game, that's more important than cleats at practice. So I just didn't call my mom. There you go. There's your answer. There you go. He thought it out. Mm -hmm. He thought it out. He thought, you know what? I'm not going to waste it on this. Right. And we also have a thing with our boys that we, the five P's that their dad and I do, proper preparation prevents poor performance. So we tell them, you got the five P's, you got everything you need in your bat bag, you got everything you need in your football bag, your confirmation bag, your backpack, your computer. Because if you have those five P's ready, you're setting yourself up for success. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then to come in this family and deal with it where, well, I forgot my flute. We'll call stepdad. Stepdad can't do it. Mom can't do it. Dad can't do it. We'll call grandma. Grandma can't do it. Nana can do it, but she can't do it till later. Well, Poppy can do it now. It's just, oh my gosh. Wow. Y'all are running yourselves ragged instead of letting them just have a natural consequence. But again, nacho. Yeah. And with that nacho comes lose my number if you forget something because I'm not bringing it to you. Sorry. (laughs) Nope. And we've had that before, before I nachoed. We had that where they, when Twin B and I were on better terms, I think before when I was still wearing kind of rose colored glasses, um, she called and asked me if dad and I would buy her her eighth grade graduation dress because Twin A had already went shopping with mom and found one. And this was during COVID. So dressing rooms weren't open. Stuff was just starting to open back up last June. So she calls me and I'm on speakerphone. And I'm yeah, that's not a problem. Dad and I can figure something out. I said, but you know, with the dressing rooms and stores being closed, why don't you look on Amazon or Kohl's online or something and send us some some pictures of something that you are thinking of? Mm-hmm. And she goes, okay, cool. Do you think maybe I can get shoes too? And I said, well, well, I'll have to talk to dad about it, you know? And then all of a sudden I hear bio mom in the background. You're not going to play favorites with my twins. If you're buying a new dress for one, you're buying a new dress for the other. And I'm, she just said that you bought her one. Well, I bought her one from a secondhand store. Okay, well, now I'm, oh my gosh, like a deer in headlights. I totally feel like I was just, like I was set up you know? Mm-hmm. And so that just left a really bad taste in my mouth. So then I just took a step back and I was, I'm not dealing with anything to do with graduation dresses. And so then grandma stepped in and grandma will do the brunt of all that. And same thing. If him and her get into a fight, grandma comes over and it's not that ever grandma punishes. Grandma says, well, why don't I take you to Applebee's so we can just talk and you can calm down and maybe we'll stop at TJ Maxx on the way home. You're dealing with grandma and high conflict by a mom and they both work against you. 
Yes. And grandma is very sweet. She's just a grandma. She wants to just love on these kids and not have to be the parental role. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't blame her. When my After my husband was born, they had gotten pregnant and they lost a baby, a little girl. Uh-huh. She was delivered and like lived, but I don't know the whole thing. She's buried around here somewhere, but they talk about her. So I think because of that, and then she had twin granddaughters, she's like very much wants to just be the one that provides and gives all the love and kind of enables at the same time, not realizing she's not enabling in a malicious way. It's just, I think all these other circumstances and dynamics are make her the way she is. Right. Yeah. And she's sweet. She's sweet. Her and I get along great. She's just the sweetest mother-in-law ever. She's really awesome, but it's just, there's some boundaries there, but my husband's never, I think there's boundaries there. My husband has never laid out any kind of boundary. Mm -hmm. And then when he tries to, then he hurts his mom's feelings and she cries when he backs down. So it's just a whole weird dynamic. So I just now, now that I've learned that it's okay for me to step back and just watch this unfold and know none of it is really my problem. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Nacho led me to see was you don't have to be in the middle of this tornado going on. You can step back and just be a storm watcher right now. Right. That's it. Yeah, because you can't do anything anyway. You can't. No. Mm-mm. And that's what's so hard is the worst feeling in the world is not being able to control something. Right. It's just human nature that we want to be in control. Right. But in the blended family, we can't. And the thing is, is we don't really have control over those things that we're fighting to keep control over in the first place. Right. We never had control of it to begin with. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but as soon as I realized those things, it was just like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. Yeah. So does your husband know that you nacho or anything about nacho? Yes. Yep. He's actually, I think he's part of the Facebook group. I don't know that he, sometimes I'll tag him and stuff. Sometimes I'll tag him in like if I, if it's something that like relates to us or something that we've gone through or, you know, hey, my teen's doing this. Is this age appropriate? Like, what do I do? Or so I'll tag him and stuff about it. Um, And like I said, he doesn't need to nacho my boys like I nacho his one. But he sometimes if he thinks I'm like walking the line, he'll just be like, nacho. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, okay, maybe I'm getting a little too vested in it. And I just need to go outside for a minute, cool off or take it down a notch and realize regardless of how these kids end up. And a lot of it is you hear stories about, oh, I went. When I was a teenager, I was so naughty and I did this and I snuck out and I climbed out of my window and I went to parties and now, you know, I'm VP of a company. Some of this is age appropriate, right? Right. (laughs) And people will still turn out to be okay. But right now, there is no stopping her. There's no disciplining her. There's nothing I can say or do to change the outcome of any of this. Mm -mm. All I can do is focus on my boys, our daughter, and them being okay. And them making sure that they're well-balanced and disciplined. And Right. But you can still be a good mentor for those kids if they're open to it. Right. And I think twin A is more so than twin B. It sounds like it. Yeah. She loves to be right there by you. And she loves to learn new stuff. You know, like we were, when we first got the chickens, like we were all learning, you know, it's a learning curve with getting them and stuff. And she was very hands-on. She's got her little chicken boots on and she's in there trying to feed them. And I'm showing her how you pick them up and very hands-on with that stuff. She loves doing crafty stuff and being artistic, which is kind of like my thing too. So we do a lot of that together. She's very organized. We'll clean her sister's room, our youngest one. Mm -hmm. She will help organize it. This is where your Barbie should go. And, you know, so she's... She's a good kiddo. She just, she really is. She's a good kiddo. But I feel like mom has, there's some alienation big time with that. And she's very much a people pleaser. So I don't know if there's maybe going to be stuff that comes out later in life that would be detrimental from the people pleasing aspect that she has. Just the need to please everyone. Um, And where we tell her and dad too, it's okay to say no, you know, 
Your mm-hmm. sister says she wants 20 bucks. Tell her no. Don't give her 20 bucks. Right. <laughs> it's okay. Even my boys will say, hey, can you go out to the car and grab my AirPods? And she'll be like, okay. And I'm tell them no. Oh. I said, get off your lazy butt and get it yourself. Tell them no. You do not have to do that for them. <laughs> you are not their maid. Oh my gosh. No. She sounds so sweet though. She is so sweet. That's the thing. And you don't want to yell at her. It's okay to say no, girl. I want you to have those boundaries where you can say no when you go off to college or you move out on your own. Or I want you to have that and those healthy boundaries, you know? Or with your boyfriend. Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. She's very, very, she's so sweet. Almost a little naive. So, Well, I had a lady tell me something one time. She was an older lady and she said, never do something once you're not willing to do the rest of your life. Oh, interesting. It's perfect, though. Think about it. Yes. If you don't want to cut your husband's toenails the rest of his life, don't you dare cut them. Yes. Now, I mean, granted, if he's in a cast, there's exceptions. But is there, though? I mean, your arms bend. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You figure it out. Well, you know, as you said that, I'm thinking, well, there really probably shouldn't be because it'll be, well, you did it before. Yeah. That's a really, really good saying. Yep. And I tell my son that all the time. But you think about it, that can apply to fixing your husband's plate. Yep. That can apply to drinking, Yep. smoking, mm-hmm. letting your boyfriend hit you or your girlfriend hit you. Don't ever do something once you're not willing to do the rest of your life. I think that is oh, sure. perfect advice. Yes. Um, I can tell you my husband a couple of years ago was super mad and I don't know. We were kind of fighting, but there was like other stuff like work stuff going on and stuff with baby mama and whatever. And he got mad and he punched a fridge and he broke his hand. (gasps) And he said, oh my God, I think I broke my hand. And I was okay. He goes, well, I need you to drive me to the hospital. I said, here's the thing. I am here with my children. If you want to act like a child and have a tantrum and punch something, you need to call your mama. I am not your mom. So he did. He called his mom and she took him to the hospital. And sure enough, he broke his hand and had a cast. And I said, no, if you're going to throw a t- I am trying to raise two boys to not be angry and throw tantrums. And here you are, 40-year-old, punching something. No, figure it out. Call your mom. Girl, I love you. That's hilarious. I think his mom was kind of floored. Like, your wife won't take you? Nope, sure won't. Well, it falls into that stupid game, stupid prizes kind of thing. <laughs> totally. Like, no. And what kind of example am I setting to my boys then? Yeah. No. And he still will bring it up. Look, I still got this bump on my hand. I'm like, oh, well, it's your own fault. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I just, I moved out when I was 18. My parents were very no nonsense growing up. I just don't feel bad telling my kids no or sticking to the pun- their punishments. I just don't. And I don't know where. I'm sure it's from being a, a part or where these parents get this guilt from. Mm-hmm. I just, I have never understood it. I've got it, girl. You have it? I have guilty parent syndrome. Yes, ma'am, I do. You have it and you admit it and you know it. Yes, ma'am. But you don't do anything about it? What does your husband say about that? He nachos. He nachos when you do it? Mm-hmm. Well, it's one of those things. I have guilty parent syndrome, I think, for several reasons. Not just because I feel like my son, you know, oh, poor baby, he's living in a home with where his parents are split up. Or, oh, my poor baby, his dad doesn't buy him things. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think that some of it is because of the fear of you don't want him to say, I want to go live with my dad. Well, sure. Do you think your son would ever say that? No, but the older he gets, his dad is so much more lenient in certain ways. Sure. We'll say morally than I am. 
<laughs> morally lenient. That's amazing. That's a word. <laughs> really morally lenient. So, I mean, as a kid, you know, they're not going to make the best decisions. Yeah. Who wouldn't want to? Right. So I guess it's always a little bit of a fear, even though I don't think he would. But also, I think a lot of it is more so even that my mom was so hard on me. I was on restriction every day. I mean, I never could do anything right. I always was on restriction. When I was going to school, they had the seven-point scale with grades. Oh, yeah. If I made a 99 on a test, I got put on restriction. Oh, my gosh. But now my sister could make a D, and it's, oh, thank God you passed. (laughs) So they expect a lot more from you. Yes, But now I will say it also bothered me if I made a 99. Oh, okay. I was one of those of, darn it, what did I miss? And I beat myself up over it. Sure. But my mom, she was just so hard on me. And Mm -hmm. I was 18. I could go out one night a weekend, but had to be home by 1030. 18 years old. Wow. And I finally was like, this is crap. (laughs) And my dad's like, pay me rent. And then she can't say anything. So I paid my dad $50 a week and I did what I wanted to. But if I was going to be later than 11, 12 o'clock coming home, I would call my daddy and tell him. Not bad. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is just my relationship with my mom. I don't want Jackson to be like that or feel that way. But then again, it is the, I'm sorry that I didn't do better choosing you a better father. (laughs) If I would have known then what I know now. Yeah. I don't know any way to properly say that. I mean, it's going to come out bad regardless, but no, I'm not perfect. There's, um, There's a reason we're not together. We'll just put it that way. Right. Yes. That's why I say my ex and I, we didn't get married for all the right reasons. Right. I wanted to get married, but he had had a string of like, his mom was like on her fourth marriage. So he was, nope, never doing it. Had a string of like terrible stepdads. I'm never doing it. And I think that made him be like a better co-parent now and a better dad now seeing Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So don't get me wrong. There's a lot of things that Jackson's father has taught him, things that I never would. He goes deer hunting and turkey hunting and all this stuff. And, you know, that's stuff that David wouldn't have taught him or that I wouldn't teach him. So I'm not saying it's all bad, but I do feel like that if Jackson's five minutes late coming home. I've thought about this before about why I don't have that because my boys come from quote unquote broken home too, but I was adopted when I was five. And I think I don't have that. I didn't, I never had that bond with my parents like you would with a natural mom or dad. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like I, I was a ward of the state at like age three and then I was like in 11 different foster homes. So during my formative years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was like super bounced around. And then I got adopted when I was five, but I just never felt, I always felt like there was never like a super unconditional love for my adopted mom or dad ever. And I I felt like I never had that in return either. Right. So I don't know if that's maybe why I don't have like the guilt when it (laughs) comes to like parenting my boys. No, this is how it is because I need you to turn out and be okay. And I tell them all the time, I'm doing this because I love you. And I promise you, it hurts me more than it hurts you, but this is how it's got to be. Right. So I don't know. I've been a therapist my whole life trying to figure figure stuff out. I mean, my uh, luckily my adopted parents put me in therapy from the age of five all the way through high school. I went every Thursday and talked to my therapist about, and I think when you're little, you don't even realize that's what it is. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, I'm just going to see Miss Smith and we just talk for an hour and whatever. And, and then I was on and off in my 20s, in and out of therapy. And then again, in my 30s and after my divorce, went back to do a lot of work on me. And then more recently with the whole pre-nacho 
was going back. How do I fix this? Not realizing like it is not anything for you to fix. Right. You didn't break it. Right. Right. So it's been quite a journey. That's for sure. We hear this question a lot. When you found out about Nacho, how did you approach your husband with that? Um, I told him, I said, I think this is our only option. I said, I have been researching it. I've been reading the post. I've been, I stumbled on it first. And so once I stumble onto something, my adult ADD is, I'm going to find out everything I need to know about it right here, right now. Mm -hmm. And so I just dove in, started listening to it, going back through. And, you know, you can search on the top of the page for like teenager or stepdaughter. I was going back and just seeing if any of these things were relatable or how other people dealt with it. And I was, I really think that this is a thing. And then once I started listening to the podcast, I was okay. Okay. It is so okay to not just be in love with your stepkids. That's okay. I'm like, oh my God, people are saying this out loud. (laughs) Yay. Because this is what I'm feeling and nobody's vocalizing it. And if you vocalize it to a a group or something outside of Nacho. Holy crap. You're in trouble. Oh my word. You were just the worst person ever and blah, blah, blah. So I'm just, wow. So I brought it to my husband and I said, I think you should join this group. And I think you should, you know, listen, he's listened to some of the podcasts. And if I feel like something really hits home, I'll send him that podcast Mm -hmm. and you need to listen to it, especially at the 34th minute or whatever. Because otherwise he'll be like, oh, I'll get to it. And I'm yeah. like, no, I just need to pinpoint it for you. Like almost hold your hand to get there, but whatever, as long as you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was really on board because I think he was really just sick of fighting over them. And I was totally the one messing up and overstepping and not being supportive. And now I see where my husband felt like he was just backed into a corner. Here, I got these twins coming at me because they want to do this bio mom's coming at me. Now my wife's coming at me. He just feels so attacked in every angle. And I didn't see that. I didn't see it that way because the things are like the advice I thought I was giving that was just, oh, so great was just making him feel more strain, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so he just felt it wasn't helping. And so then he was like, bored. He was like, yeah, for sure. And I didn't really have to have him nacho my boys because he just already kind of naturally does anyway. Right. So it was really me. I was really the issue coming into it. I was, you know, wanted to be just this great stepmom and have this awesome blended family and and control everything. Yeah, and it, it is what it is. And it's not that we come in with the drill sergeant mentality. We come in, most of us, truly to goodness, wanting to help. Yes. Or seeing where they're failing as a parent where you're like, oh my God, it would be so easy if you just did this. And to take that step back and have to shut up, oh my gosh, it's the hardest thing ever. It is. A lot of times you'll see in other Facebook groups and they'll be like, oh, Nacho's the easy way out for somebody that doesn't want to be involved with their stepkids. Mm. Honey, Mm-mm. it is hard to keep your mouth shut. It is so hard. But the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Yes. It's almost funny when we were talking about natural consequences before, it's almost funny now to to watch my husband when he says yes or no, or yes, I'll drive you here to see the choice that you're making by doing that also has a natural natural consequence. Because now you thought you were going to get the lawn mowed before it rained, but now you're running your kids around because you can't say no. And now you're not mowing the lawn today. Mm-hmm. It just unfolds and you're just, well, okay. And then it's, you see his uncomfort where he kind of gets a light bulb where you're like, well, maybe I should have told him no. I could do it after. So it's almost like they're learning too. Right. Weird. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. Other than the twins, we've never fought about my kids. It's just so bizarre. Like that is the one big tense thing in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And it was it was me. I had to take a step back and be like, no, I'm the problem. I can't even blame your girls for this because they don't know any better. This is how they've been raised. 
why wouldn't they call grandma when they want something? That's what's worked their whole life. And me coming in and seeing it isn't going to change it or calling it out. It's just going to make me resent them. So I just need to let that go and not blame them as kids. You get it. Yeah. And I'm so glad you get it because a lot of people, they fight it. They're determined that, no, that's not what it's going to be. And they're determined it's the stepkids that are making their life miserable. Oh, girl, that was me the first couple of years, though, until I found Nacho. That Mm -hmm. was me. No, we're going to change it. No, we're going to have chore charts. No, we're going to write house rules. It was something every other weekend. Uh And all it was doing was causing my husband and I to fight. And then the weekend they were gone, we're like, oh, my God, we're so in love, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And it was just, it was Jekyll and Hyde every other weekend. But again, it was me. It was my expectations. Yes. Now, let me ask you this, because I know a lot of people get offended when I say that it was me. Mm-hmm. And David will say, it wasn't all you. It was 99.9% you. But a lot of people will say, how dare you blame Lori? He's not blaming me. I look at it as women, especially outspoken, type A personality women. We are the thermostat of our home. Mm-hmm. We can make you happy. We can make you cry like a baby in the corner. <laughs> we have that power. And when you realize, yeah, it is me. The good thing about that is you can fix you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I will not say that anything that I've done to change myself with the Nacho Kids process has been negative. If anything, it has been so positive that it has flowed over into other aspects of my life. Yep. I will say... I was actually just my boy's stepmom. Mm-hmm. I was just there last night. I washed her hair and the girls played together and we had dinner together and stuff. So I was talking to her last night and I was, so yeah, I'm going to be on this podcast. And she knows that I've been nachoing. And I said, you know what? I'm in awe of you. She's a bio mom too, as a stepmom, because I feel like from day one, you almost nachoed before like nachoing was even around really, because you've been in the boy's life for 11 years and you've just always kind of just been there, like been a cheerleader, been a support system been the one to hug them. Sometimes you'll even tell dad, oh, you're being a little harsh on them. Mm-hmm. But you never came in trying to be, these are the rules. This is the discipline. You've always let him handle it. Because I came in thinking, I'm just going to change the world. And these two little girls world, they're 10. They didn't need another mom. you know. So I told her last night, I was like, I'm so in awe that you already knew like what to do. Like, that's just crazy to me. Yeah. Honestly, it's made everything so much easier. And there, I mean, I remember there was a time when the boys were really little and um, my ex was at work. And she called me in tears that my boys were not listening and they were bouncing off the walls. Oh my God, I got on that phone and I screamed at my boys. I said, I don't know what you were doing. This is not how you were raised. These are not the people that we raised. This is not how you treat her at all. Mm -hmm. I've just always had her back. And you know what? If I think you're wrong, just like with their dad, I'm going to tell you about it later. Not ever going to do it in front of them, for sure. Just out of respect, but... Right. Do you think she's type B personality? I think so. Oh, I think so, because my ex is kind of type A like me. My husband actually says... He gets irritated when I do stuff. He calls it morganization. (laughs) You're so crazy. It doesn't have to be like that, you know? Um, But he's very, like, plans everything out. And it's what's worked for us. Hey, this kid has confirmation, so make sure he brings his confirmation bag. This one's got baseball. Make sure he's got his cleats in his bag. So we've always just been able to work it out that way when they were younger. Now it's on the boys to do a lot of it. And we can text and we'll have a group text. My oldest works and we make him send us the schedule. He's not driving yet because he has not earned that privilege. Um, We're hoping to get there or he'll turn 18 first, whichever comes first. But so he's very type A. So I feel like she is very type B because 
she just lets him plan everything. He meal plans for their house and grocery shops. But think about it. That's why she came in not trying to be super stepmom. Yes, because he was a step up. I'm going to do it, dad. Mm -hmm. Very hands-on, very. And that's why when I came in with my husband, I was so surprised to see how lax he was. Like, oh no, my parents are just going to keep him tonight. I'm like, what? Why? Are you going to a concert? Is there like something special going on? Oh no, they're just going to keep him. Oh, Mm. well, that's weird. Like, I just, I just, and maybe it's just perspective. Some of it is just where you come from in life where I thought, oh, he's going to come in and be this hands-on dad. Well, no, he's not. And that's okay. This is what's worked for them for 15 years. So, okay. Right. And he thought at first it was weird that my ex and I were friends. He was like, that's weird. And I was like, no, it's not. Why wouldn't we be friends? He's like, why didn't you go to court? Who has him for Easter? I said, well, it just depends who's doing what. <laughs> like I was so naive. I didn't even know what a freaking court order looked like or a holiday schedule until I came into this relationship. I mean, it is just crazy to me that yeah, it, it was it was really eye-opening for me. Right. Because that's just not my perception or experience. So of course I'm gonna come in so naively thinking, what? That's weird, you know. But now that he's met my ex and we all get along and we're all friends and we all go, we sit at these baseball tournaments together. He understands it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you say, what would you tell a blended family? If somebody were to blend, what would you tell them? I don't have any expectations at all. Exactly. Don't because you're you're going to get hurt and you're going to get let down and you're going to get disappointed. People will say, you should have expectations. I said, okay, I have the expectation they won't stab me in my sleep. <laughs> you set the bar very low. <laughs> well, girl, that's what you have to do. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And definitely in blended families. And mm-hmm. it is funny because a lot of times our expectations for our stepkids and our bio kids vary. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I don't love them. I I love the twins. I love them where I, if anything happened, I would obviously be devastated and feel awful. I don't love them like I love my own children, but I am to the point where I can say I have love for them. Right. Which I couldn't have said that two years ago. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. And I'm so glad that you got there. Yeah. Well, it's because I'm natural, girl. You guys did all this for people. Woohoo! And making it okay for people to just voice that stuff. You know, it's okay to not love them the same. It's okay to not love them at all right now. It's okay to not even like them right now. Right. That's okay. And for these moms to know that and not have that stepmom or bio mom shame that comes with it, it's like, oh my gosh, that's a whole nother ball game right there. It is. Of emotions and dynamics. And so it's such a safe place for people to come and get that stuff off their chest or get advice or not, not all the advice is fantastic. I'm just like, how in the heck do some of you people <laughs> like, Oh my word. If I tell you, well, that's not really nachoing. Nachoing would be whatever. And you're like, but no, that's how I nacho. No, you're not nachoing. Yeah. You're, you're doing something, name it something else. Cause don't tell people you're nachoing because when it backfires on you, I don't want to hear how nacho backfired on you. <laughs> oh my gosh, especially the people that are like, oh, I just threw it away. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I'm a big believer in, and I've always raised my kids, like the golden rule. How would you feel if that if somebody did that to you? Mm-hmm. That's how we've always been. I have a big sign in my office that says that. And I'm just thinking, I don't care if they're children. I don't care if you bought it. I don't care. How would you feel if somebody came and threw away your curling iron? Yes. Because they left it on the counter or something so, so dumb. Right. Or that probably would have been me like three years ago. And it's like, now that I know, I'm like, 
oh, get my husband will say, oh, you're getting to be petty Betty. (laughs) (laughs) Petty Betty's coming out. And I'm like, oh, but yeah, I don't, I'm just floored. And I'm like, that's not only not nacho, it's mean. Yes. You've grown tremendously and I'm so proud of you. Well, thank you. I honestly, it's because you guys and finding this method has just been, and I'm still not obviously. Um, I love when I hear the stories of you and like the triplets and the other one that you're over it. And you guys are like, you know, she's my best friend and, and your cute little accents. Um, <laughs> and like, I love that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope one day that like, that's how I am with the twins. If not, okay. But right. if so, how awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. And like, I just want to be, I look at my boy stepmom and I'm like, I just want to be like her. Like, I just want to be the one that's there for support and love and I had a bad day and I want to talk about it or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. That's how I want to be. And I want to be like that when they're older. Right. So, and I think once they do graduate, and I don't know if you experienced this like with Dave's kids or not, but like once they do grow up or move out or go to college or in the armed forces or whatever, like without bio mom having that control over them, is it better for the relationship? Oh, yes. Okay. Taking a long time to get to this. And I think for people who are starting out, like don't give up and there's going to be circumstances that maybe you don't nacho the best that you could, but start over fresh the next day. I've done it. Yes. Oh my gosh. Even since I started nachoing, I've messed up and said stuff where I've instantly regretted it and been like, Morgan, shut your mouth. Why did you say that? You don't have to have last word. And I've self-talked myself away from it, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's like, just don't give up. Do better next time. Exactly. And start each day with a clean slate for yourself, for your significant other, for your stepkids, for your bio kids, for the lady at McDonald's that made you mad yesterday. Yeah. For your own sanity. Please yes. Just start fresh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. And people, it's not a mean thing. It's not. And that's the thing. If you're doing it right, you're doing it out of love. Right. You're not doing it to be malicious. Exactly. Well, Morgan, it has been great having you as a guest on our podcast, and I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us your story, and I am so thankful that Nacho Wing has helped you. Oh, well, thank you. I'm appreciative of you guys as well. Well, you have a great day, and keep in touch. Let us know how things are going. Awesome. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, David, we've got one more announcement. All right. This Sunday, on Stepmother's Day, Mm -hmm. we are releasing the Stepmom View. Seriously? Seriously. Okay. So that means I got to get ready. (laughs) Yes. We both have to get ready. The Stepmom View is five step family experts answering your most challenging blended questions. Okay. So it's kind of like if I had a tough question, um, now these are pre-submitted, right? Mm -hmm. So you you have these questions that were pre-submitted. And for example, if I had a tough question, you took that question to a panel of experts. Yes. And I get to hear the feedback from five different viewpoints. Hey, stepmom view. <laughs> five different viewpoints of stepmom experts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Fantastic. So, so on Sunday, May the 16th, go to stepmomview.com. I'm so proud of you. Why? Because you didn't go W, W, W. <laughs> I was trying to not say the. <laughs> yep. Stepmomview.com for more information. Yes. All right. That's all for now, folks. Okay. So join us next week when we drop another exciting episode. And in the meantime, you got a lot of homework to do. You got to go look at the giveaway and the academy and the club. And now, Stepmomview. 
Facebook.com. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. And remember, life is good. <laughs> when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.